Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. You are now entering a spiz-free zone. No unicorns, no rainbows, no chiropractic fairy tales, just progressive talk for progressive chiropractors. So buckle up and get ready. We're moving the profession forward. And now, your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Hello, everybody. Hello. This is an episode of the Forward Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance podcast. My name is Dr. Bobby Mamie. I am the host. We are making a slight departure today, um, but as usual, let's do some housekeeping. I'd like to remind you that the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance Convention Forward KC at Cleveland Chiropractic College in Kansas City is happening in just a few weeks. Uh, if you don't have your tickets, um, it's never too late, but you're running out of time. Uh, as well as to set up uh, things like hotels and flights and all that other fun stuff to get you to Kansas City. If you are a forward or sorry, a uh, forward thinking chiropractic alliance Facebook group member, there's been plenty of discussions about bunking up using Airbnb or VRBO or one of those other sources so that uh, lodging can be affordable. And uh, there's just plenty of ways to get it done. The only thing is, you've got to do it. In addition to the Forward KC, uh, we have got a couple other housekeeping things to clear out. Um, the The group itself has a website. The website is uh, forwardthinkingchiro.com. That's where a lot of stuff goes on. There's a members function. Become a member of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance there. For a small nominal fee, you get member-only benefits and you get access to many different things. Uh, and there are many different things that are, trust me, planned for the future. Now, um, there are a couple other different things that you can do to be involved as a Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance member, Facebook group member, and any of those other things, uh, which we'll probably discuss in this podcast. But I want to say briefly that this is a short departure from our usual podcast because it's just me. And just me on this podcast answering questions from the group members about what they think or what I think the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance is. So I've had uh, some advice and the advice was that I should have somebody else ask me these questions. Um, so it's not just me talking. Um, and I appreciate the advice, but I usually don't follow it. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is ask myself my own damn questions and give you my own damn answers. And hopefully that'll clarify some of what the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance is or it isn't or what you thought it was going to be, or what it's not going to be, and all those sort of things. Maybe I'll plug my nose and then ask, ask the question with a funny voice or something, just to make it interesting. Um, but as a background story, so the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance was usually called, was originally called the Dead Subluxation Society. And that was a play on words like the Dead Poet Society. And um, out on the West Coast, we have the Dead Chiropractic Society, and all these little secret or quasi-secret societies where people sort of, uh, what they're really doing is plying their wares. So um, Billy DeMoss, I think, runs the Dead Chiropractic Society. It's really just a, a funnel process to sort of funnel out his philosophy and funnel out um, people into his sort of sales funnel sort of thing. And um, I thought it'd just be a good play on words to put the Dead Subluxation Society, because at that point in time, a lot of the argument was, should we even use that word subluxation? 
in conversation. And a lot of the people I know don't. In the school I went to, the University of Western States, which at the time I went there was Western States Chiropractic College, which now dates me. Uh, I don't think the word was ever used really once in any practical sense um, during my matriculation. So um, what I had found historically was that I would be in Facebook groups. And I really, I think I, I discovered Facebook uh, as, as a way to use. And I think it was really open to people who weren't college students, probably around 2009 or 2010. That date might be wrong. It might even be 2011. And I never really used it. Maybe I was heavy into the MySpace because you could play music in your background. I'm not really sure. But uh, uh, eventually, uh, practicing on the central coast of California and essentially practicing with an MD on my own island, uh, I was disenfranchised from chiropractic quite a bit and I needed a way to connect to other chiropractors to sort of bounce ideas off of. And what I found was the groups that were available to me to bounce ideas off of, uh, they didn't want me there. They didn't want me asking questions. They didn't want me asking progressive questions. They didn't want me um, saying, well, that sounds kind of like bullshit what you're saying there. I'm, I'm not really down with that sort of like bullshitting the patient to close a sale type of game. And then as I further noticed, everywhere I looked, that's what chiropractic was on, on Facebook and social media and whatnot, was all these guys were, uh, were people that were into like closing people and into the subluxation-based uh, paradigm. And maybe I'll get further into how I feel like that's not a bad paradigm, but it's also not a good paradigm. I'm not, I'm not on that team, but uh, we'll go from there. Like my first ever person I followed from Facebook that I can remember was Kevin Donka. And if anyone knows Kevin Donka, you'd probably be like, holy shit, man, he gives out some bad, bad stuff. And it only grew from there. There was only more bad people to follow everywhere I turned around. Where were all the good people hiding? Maybe all the good people were busy and that's a good sign. They were too busy for Facebook. Um, so I'd be in uh, group A and someone would say something stupid and I would say, well, that's th that sounds stupid. And they would say, get out. And then I go to group B and someone would say something stupid and I go, well, that, that doesn't make much sense. Can you clarify that for me? Get out. And then I go to group C and, I, and they, and I'd say, that sounds kind of like salesman -y and, and, and I'm not really down with that. Can you elaborate on how you got to that, where you get this from? Get out. And everywhere I turn, I would just be confronted with get out until eventually around 2000, probably 13. Uh, I was in a group very, very briefly called the Chiropractic Sandbox, which was probably at that time like the most hardcore, straight chiropractic, uh, no fucks given type of chiropractic group. And just by my name alone, like I was just admitted and somebody saw that I was in the group, the member list, and just by name, they're like, that guy cannot be in here. Get him out. And I didn't even say anything. <laughs> um, so the owner of the group uh, he sent me a private message and said, look, I like you. I think you're doing good stuff, but you're just not a good fit for my group. And uh, maybe you should start your own group. And I said, you know what? I think I will. And that was sort of the groundswell of what became the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance was we, we then got into almost like a quasi social media war, if that's even possible. That sounds kind of embarrassing to say with the uh, chiropractic sandbox and a couple other groups in that, we would admit the people that we agreed with and then we would not admit anyone that they agreed with 
And then we had secret moles inside of our group that would tell us what was going on in that group. And then they had people in, in our group that were telling them what was going on in our group and so on and so forth. And we had to be very diligent about who we let into our group. And um, it was just kind of like a hardcore sort of like their side versus our side type of battle. And that's where the FTCA started was an our side versus their side. And that, that attitude remains that sort of like there are two sides in the profession to, to pursue uh, you're either on one side or the other side, or you're in this mass apathetical sort of middle that kind of like takes the best from both, I guess, or doesn't care either way. Um, but the STCA drew a hard line. It was one of the first sort of uh, evidence-based only chiropractic groups. In addition to the evidence-based chiropractors Facebook group, which is a little more um, by the rules and, and there's no nonsense really allowed in there. And that's a great group to be part of too. Um, so this group has been going on obviously now for like, uh, four years and people are starting to wonder, or they started to wonder actually quite early on, what is this group and what are we going to be? We can't just be a group that bitches about the other side. And that's true. Um, so initially we tried to start committees and we started, a there's a, a, a group of people that were advising or moderating, even in, inside the moderators group, they were arguing with each other about what is evidence-based, you know, they were just, everyone was arguing. Um, so I took control of the reins and I said, I'm getting rid of the group. There's no more delegate. There's no more delegating to the advisory group. There's no more delegating to anyone. I'm just going to take control. until I feel like this baby can float on its own and it's still really not ready to float on its own yet, but it's getting pretty close. But now we've got ourselves forward thinking chiropractic Alliance's first ever annual convention forward. You know, the people who are going and the people who are speaking, they know what it's about. They know what they're talking about. They know that it's overly positive, that it is directed towards uh, young to middle-aged chiropractors who want success, and it's about showing them how to be successful in the evidence-based chiropractic world. Um, we know what we're doing when the people that are going. The people who aren't going think that it's, um, or the people who are anti-FTCA, they think that this is going to be some sort of bash fest very concerned that this is going to be an anti-tour event. I don't see any, and I think it's actually in the contract. I'll have to look at it again, that there's no bashing allowed. We have to be positive, and there's a reason why it's called forward and not something else is because we're trying to move the profession forward. And so we got to think about tomorrow, not yesterday. Uh, we got to think about 2095, not 1895. Um, so, so those sort of things we're kind of running up against. We're running up against sponsors who are sort of like, there are sponsors that are completely down for the cause. And then there's the rational sponsorship thing. Cause it's, it's about money where the sponsors are sort of like, well, you've never had an event before. We don't know if this is going to be good or not. It'll be good. Don't worry about it. Um, and then there's other sponsors. Uh, well, there's two other classifications of sponsors. One classification is the, uh, well, you guys aren't very supportive of some of our, our typical customer base. <laughs> so we don't know if we want to support you and that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be just fine without you. We'll, we'll do exactly what we did with our speakers that we will do with our sponsors. We will bring up the ones that we think will support and provide value to the, our members uh, without having to sell out our ideals. And then there's a second class of sponsor that is sort of like they're on my no fly list and they're just not going to be sponsoring this event. I will not take their money. I will not let them in the building. 
Um, and of course that's, that goes without saying. So anyways, we get to this point, we've had, um, the FTCA podcast for a while. I think we're in 18 or 19 episodes, depending on when this one gets published, maybe even 20. And, uh, we've got some excellent interviews. Uh, hopefully everyone's caught up. Um, but we still, I feel in my bones that we still don't understand what the direction of the FTCA is, or everyone's sort of created their own direction of what the group is. And maybe we can clarify. So I open it up to some, some questions. Uh, my ultimate goal for the FTCA podcast is to, is on a schedule basis would be to release one every other week. You know, if you play that out over all the weeks, uh, that will come out to about 24 episodes with two months off. Need a little break of booking and trying to figure out who fits into all these things. So you're going to get about 24 episodes in a season. What I plan to do with those 24 episodes is have a transcriptionist transcribe all of those episodes. And then I'm going to break down, if you've read Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans, I'm going to break down those interviews as I see fit and write little chapters about each interview that we've done and some of the big takeaways from each one of those interviews, put it in, in writing, and then either ebook or hard copy that out to you guys as well. So that there's more content, um, audio and visual for you to look at. Uh, what I have here is I have a couple pages of questions of members that have asked that they would like to know about the FTCA or my vision for the FTCA. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to interview myself. So I'll make up a, a funny voice for the questions and then we'll go from there. Uh, question number one, let me get a little pen here. Mary. Yes. Will various committees overlap with ACA committees? Will they create redundancy or improve both groups? Ah, see, thanks. That's a great question. I've actually had this question quite a bit. Like, what is the role of the FTCA in regards to the ACA? And will the FTCA eventually take over the FT the ACA or blah? And it's like, uh, there are two different things. Um, the committees we have available for the FTCA, and we do have committees, um, I've just filled them up. So it's not going to be something that you can probably just jump on right now. But if you send me a message uh, at forwardthinkingchiro uh, at gmail.com, um, you can ask to get on the application process for these committees. Now, tell me if these committees overlap with the ACA committees. We have the FTCA Business um, Council. So the FTCA Business Council is really, uh, it's like FTCA Business and Marketing Council. It's like those guys are going to be tasked with pursuing what is the best way for forward-thinking chiropractors to run their businesses, to market themselves, uh, to, you know, what down to what products they sell. But, but in this case, this is the very small case where I have almost completely delegated everything to the committees. So the FTCA business Com and marketing committee is going to decide what's best for forward thinking chiropractors in the business and marketing aspect. Our next committee is the best practices committee. Now this is 
very similar to business and marketing, but now we're talking about how you practice as a clinician. This committee is tasked with what are the best practices that we think forward-thinking chiropractic doctors should uh, incorporate into their business or into their practice, sorry. So what are the best ways to approach? Now, obviously, the CRISP protocols jump astutely into mind, but we have a couple big distinctions or problems here. Most people who are in the FTCA are sort of the rehab uh, and soft tissue and adjust sort of variation of a chiropractor. You know, they're going to do some, some variation of those things, but we cannot disregard the evidence-based chiropractors that want to utilize um, nutrition or neurology or pediatrics or these things that are a little more, um, what's the word there? They're a little more non-standard but they still need best practices. And that's actually in the pediatrics world, it's one of the biggest problems that we see is that there are no best practices or standards of care or really solid evidence for, for what a pediatric chiropractor does. So this committee is tasked with sort of finding that stuff. Um, our next committee is the FTCA uh, political committee or politics or um, uh, community action. It's got a couple different names, uh, but basically it's politics and policy and how as FTCA doctors, how do we want to utilize our energy in the world of uh, politics and um, community and policy actions. Uh, so once again, they're completely delegated to decide how they want to provide that or what direction they want to go in. So um, we'll see what they come up with. There is a research committee, same thing. You know, by the way, the research committee, they're, they're not tasked with doing research. They're tasked with digesting research and finding what's appropriate for FDCA doctors and how to disseminate that and how, how they can uh, produce research themselves, maybe finding people research positions. They are going to decide it's been delegated. And our final committee is the critical thinking committee. And this is, this is a good way to round it all out. Um, the critical thinking committee, you know, the, the, the chiropractors on the straight side, they have a philosophy that is force fed to them over time. And in that philosophy, critical thinking is, is it's, it's absent <laughs> a lot of times it's been suspectly absent and it's like, a lot of times, if you want to um, engage in chiropractic philosophy as it is, you know, uh, when you look at pictures of open safety pins and, and a lot of the phrases that are used in chiropractic, on the straight side, you have to willfully suspend your, your critical thinking skills in order to accept a lot of these, these uh, tenets. Um, so if you are one of these people that ask questions, then obviously straight chiropractic is not for you. Um, so what I wanted to task was a critical thinking committee to insert the philosophy of the forward thinking chiropractor as one of uh, not just sort of like um, skepticism, but of at least having the skill of critical thinking. So they might work together with the research team and come up with a project of how to read research appropriately or uh, uh, generate articles to build clinical uh, critical thinking skills. Um, uh, stuff like that. So 
once again, they are tasked to find out their best way to serve the members. And all of these committees combined, they have a responsibility. Each committee, and there's one, two, three, four, five of them, each of them must produce some sort of product for the FTCA member and the FTCA website on a quarterly basis. Pretty easy job to do, but they've got to work as a team to create some sort of article or video or product or ebook or something that the members of the website can devour on a quarterly basis. So you should see at least five things coming out a quarter uh, based on business, clinical skills, politics, research, and critical thinking. And that way we can build this compendium or this, uh, this snowball of, of content that starts to roll downhill based on the things that we believe are important. Now let's go back to the question. How do these overlap with the ACA? They don't. They don't. They don't. I have, the ACA does an excellent job of doing what it does. If anything, maybe we can build people in these committees. We can build their confidence and their power so that they can go on and join the ACA and contribute there as well. There's no way in, in hell that we are going to replace the ACA. That is someone, a few people have made that assertion, and it's absurd. It's absurd. Um, uh, we have no intention of, re of replacing the ACA. If anything, we are going to be supporting the ACA um, with, within reason of, of the things that they do. And even being sort of a feeder group that feeds people from our group to their group and vice versa. Um, what we do see ourselves as when it comes to the ACA is sort of like a, we're a, we're a cutter ship. We're, we're like a smaller boat that can maneuver faster that can get things done faster, that doesn't have to ask a lot of higher ups, a lot of questions. We can turn on a dime, uh, we can get things done uh, and we can be a mouthpiece for the ACA that the ACA really cannot do themselves. Like there are just things when you're a national organization, you cannot say, uh, you have to play nice. You have to play very nice. The FTCA does not have a reputation of playing very nice with people. And the FTCA will say things the way they need to be done while giving the ACA their own space to be positive and unifying and um, the happy place to go. So will it create redundancy? I don't think it'll recreate redundancy between the two organizations. I think it'll improve both groups. I think we will start to produce our own product um, for our own type of chiropractor. And, um, you know, I, I ended on the cr critical thinking group and I, I want to go through a thing really fast hopefully not too deep but um, I've been reading a lot of the Professor Jordan Peterson lately and Dr. Peterson just released a book called the 12 uh, Steps to Life and Antidote to Chaos and I highly recommend that book to everybody uh, it is something that I'll be sort of hinting on in my address at the Ford KC convention and here's his idea for chaos. So chaos, you got to represent or see in your mind the symbol of the yin-yang. So the yin-yang symbol, black on one side, white on the other, the little, the little line in between the two that separates them. And chaos is this necessary force of nature. It's not just bad news. Chaos is the nothingness. Chaos is where when you invent something, you draw from nothing and then you come up with something. It, uh, it's formless, there's, there's nothing going on there, but it can also be a place in your life where you uh, 
uh, disappear and, and anxiety. You know, there's a lot of anxiety from chaos. And on the other side of the yin-yang symbol is order. And order is rules. And science is fully part of order. And, and um, answers and certainty and things like that. And so it's almost like a scale. And on one side of the scale is chaos and anxiety. And on the other side is also positive and bad is organization and even sort of like control or, or, or even fascism. So if you get too orderly, too much order in your life, there's a certain anxiety that'll build there too. And if you get too much chaos in your life, there's a certain anxiety that'll build there too. So that's the reason for the line right down the middle of the yin yang symbol is you're supposed to live your life somewhere along that line uh, with the understanding that you're going to bounce uh, a little bit to chaos. You're going to bounce a little bit to order, and, but somewhere along the line, you're going to fall on average. Um, in my visualization of the chiropractic profession, straight chiropractors tend to represent uh, chaos or disorder more and the evidence-based chiropractors tend to to represent order uh, or rules and science and things like that more um, we have to be once again we have to be very careful and not represent chaos as a bad thing and order as a good thing they can both be bad or good um, from the straight chiropractic side they sort of they come from the nothing. They celebrate the nothing. Anything is possible. As long as you move the bones of the spine, anything can happen. We don't like science getting in the way of telling us what we can or can't do. We don't want organizations uh, bossing us around. Uh, you know, if, if there was too much order in the profession, we would diligently try to break that order up, which they've done in the past. Anytime legislation comes along, who comes along to sort of burn that bridge down? Uh, behind you. It's usually the straight chiropractors, right? So they represent the the chaos side of the yin-yang symbol in chiropractic, and then the evidence-based chiropractors represent the order side. We want more regulation. We want more science. We want more rules. We want more standards of care. Uh, we want more order. We want more of everyone sort of to act the same within the profession. Um, the, the 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 challenge here is that we have to as you know the FTCA is an agent of order we have to understand that first and foremost we can't be both and we aren't both and if I was to say what is the FTCA we are agents of order within the chiropractic profession and that is what we push for the people in our group are order people it doesn't mean that they completely discount the benefits or the positive sides of chaos um, but we need we need to understand or at least understand that that uh, the chaos side of things is not a negative thing it's a thing that needs to be um, understood and respected but we also need to understand and respect that we are the agents of order and we want more order within the profession and i think the aca is probably um is swimming a lot closer to that line down the mid the yin yang symbol but just a little bit more to the order side and then the ica now, uh, who knows what the fuck they're doing? Uh, they're over there somewhere in the disorder side. Because it's disorder, you never know what's going on over there. So we have order and disorder, and we have to respect both, and both are, are very responsible for a balance within the, within the profession. So we don't, we don't have to hate the straight chiropractors. We do have to respect what they're doing in an order versus disorder, order versus chaos sort of element, but also understand that we are, once again, the orderly folks. So 
in our nature, it's our nature to sort of try to bring light to their darkness, if that's what you want to call it, shed light on what's going on, try to explain things. Um, uh, and a lot of times in straight chiropractic world, th this is the irony is in the straight chiropractors come from this disorder, but they're always trying to bring order to it because that's human nature. Human nature is to always try to bring order to things. So we've got straight chiropractors that want to believe that anything is possible and anything can happen. And, um, and they're inventing something out of nothing and they're always the creatives and, and they're, they're always creating new ways to do things or stating that they create new ways to do things. But what do they do when they do it? They bring order to the situation. Oh, you know, I'm muscle testing and I'm asking the brain directly through neurology what's going on as I adjust the subluxation. Well, how do you do that? Well, I created this 12-step system for analysis. That's order. Uh, you know, you never see the orderly chiropractor going into a state of disorder. It's actually quite alarming when you see that, when you see uh, certain professionals. Um, a, a classic would be a, a, a Perry Nicholson of Stop Chasing Pain, like someone who was involved in SFMA, involved in evidence-based care, was very staunchly uh, rigid in his, I don't know if he was rigid, but he was very staunchly evidence-based in his approach. Uh, to rehab and things like that. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, here are these amino discs and they can do anything. <laughs> and the medial, medial knee pain leads to, uh, is a red flag for uh, adrenal fatigue. Oh, really, homeboy. Can, would you care to elaborate? But elaboration never comes from these guys because they've gone from order to chaos. And now with the chaos, an explanation would not handle, would not be tolerated well. So that was just one question. You guys really want to keep going with this, huh? Let me get my funny voice out for the next question. What state associations is the STCA most likely to be aligned with? Um, I don't know. I don't know much about state associations. Um, I would support any state that would want to support our quest for a pursuit of order in the profession. If you don't want to pursue order in the profession, if you're now suddenly hugging chaos, uh, you're probably not a good FTCA uh, um, alignment candidate for the states out there. And it does seem like a lot of states did this sort of push in like the 90s and the 2000s for more order, more order, more order. You know, in Oregon, they had the Oregon Doctors of Chiropractic and they had the Oregon Chiropractic Association. And the Oregon Doctors of Chiropractic were staunchly sort of evidence-based and the Oregon Chiropractic Association was more, um, I guess you'd call straight. I, uh, for lack of better words. I mean, there's, there's more nuance to that, of course. And at some point, um, there was a push and a push and a push. And I was in California at the time, but they, they combined into one big organization. And now it is trash. <laughs> uh, the University of Western States used to be staunchly evidence-based uh, chiropractors. There was no nonsense whatsoever on that campus. If there ever was nonsense to be bled on that campus, it was sniffed out and it was rooted out immediately. Um, from what I understand, it's been slipping. It's been slipping in letting in different ideas. You know, you couldn't, one of the selling points to Western States Chiropractic College for me was they said, you know, the, I sat down with the president and the vice president at the time and um, they said to me, you know, if you, if you want to be a student at our campus, one thing we can guarantee you, you will, you will do very well on your board exams. And that was a good selling point for me because I wanted to be a chiropractor. And at that time, the only way to really do it is pass the board exams. He says, you know, most of the schools in the nation have 
these companies that follow the schools around towards the end of the year that know that these students aren't really up to speed on how to pass the boards. So then you have to pay extra money to take sort of like an Irene Gold type seminar, a, a pass your boards type seminar so that you can get brushed up on, on the boards and then pass the boards. He says, we, the college president said, we guarantee you won't have to take any of those classes. Those seminar companies don't even come to Portland, Oregon because there's no customers for them here. And I really like that about Western states. I like that they didn't allow um, quote unquote weirdos on campus. And if one did kind of sneak its way on campus, the students were ready and waiting. <laughs> and uh, they, they were able to call, call that, that uh, practitioner out for sure. The students were. The students had clinical thinking skills, critical thinking skills, which uh, seem to be very, very in short order these days. And I don't know what happened from the mid-2000s to now, 10 years, uh, where that sort of was like given up. But it, it obviously has been given up. Next question, under what circumstances might the FTCA align with shared values, uh, shared value organizations? I don't really understand that question. Um, you know, I, I think I've, I've laid out where we stand and I think any organization that stands with us and that we wanna create more order in the profession, more scientific scrutiny, more critical thinking, um, then bringing more from chaos to order, then I think we would align with them. Um, but but you might notice in my language, I have not mentioned tearing down the other side once. If I've said anything, I've said we've got to respect where the other side comes from. Uh, at, at the same time, sort of pushing them towards order, but not disrespecting the facts because they're ideologies. You can argue with someone until you're blue in the face. But once you start arguing down to the level of ideology, um, you, you have no more argument because a person's ideology is not going to be moved one way or another. And there are just some people, a large amount of people actually, that are drawn to the chiropractic profession because they want to help people, um, but they also have an ideology of being a creative or being a, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a wizard or a guru or, you know, they, they have this creative side to them and they think they can express creativity and health at the same time and be a professional. And chiropractic's really the only place you can do that. I mean, you can go and practice Reiki or uh, 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 oriental medicine, and you can be a creative all you want, but you wouldn't have the professional gravitas that chiropractic offers people. Now, ironically, it only offers it because the order side of the profession makes it happen, but, you know, we won't, we won't go there right now. Under what circumstances might the FTCA align? Oh, we already asked that stupid question. No offense to whoever asked it, but um, that's a stupid question. Does the FT? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Does the FTCA support tiering the organization? What would that look like? And I think they mean like, um, unless I wrote that down wrong. What, does the FTCA support tiering the profession, and what would it look like? Now, with what I have just sort of broken down for you, that you, you utilizing that yin yang symbol, uh, which we're we're not trying to get metaphysical here. There's there is definite truth to this sort of thing that there there are different ideologies, and these ideologies fall along a scale. And the best way to be the most to get the most sort of like meaning 
out of your life would be to respect the full scale, but fall, but don't lie to yourself about who you are on that scale. Um, you know, tearing the profession always sounded good to me. It always sounds good. It always, I mean, that's the ultimate sort of like, we need to get these people out of our business and they need to go do their own thing. But I don't think tearing the profession completely like a complete split or a complete divorce is the ultimate answer. I do think um, helping patients differentiate between what is what is what like that that's the big the big shortcoming is like patients don't know what to expect when they go into a chiropractor's office and i don't know if that's a marketing thing or if that's a tiering thing or what but i think the ultimate goal would be to find a way to let patients know what to expect when they walk into a chiropractor's office would be the most powerful thing are you getting the creative are you getting the order are you getting the, the chaos and disorder person who um, has their own sort of technique that's not based in evidence? Or are you getting an evidence-based person? And then let the customer or the patients uh, choose. I personally, I think that the, the straight side of the chiropractic profession is terrified of that. I think they're terrified that if patients knew what they were sort of like up to, many of them uh, would throw some sort of hissy fit. And they have. And I think most of the people on the order side, the evidence-based chiropractors, they would love this idea. Let the patients decide. And once patients decide like, oh, if I walk into your office with back pain, you're going to treat my back pain. And you're going to treat all the other co-committant conditions around that. And you're going to try to make me a better person. I like that. But you over here, if I walk into your office with back pain, you're going to tell me that you don't treat pain at all. Uh, that you have a completely different philosophy that I have to get on board with. And then in a lot of times I got to pay you uh, uh, for a, a long-term care plan that I wasn't even down for in the first place. Like if they, if patients, if patients knew that truth, then I think the straight chiropractic side would have a very big coming to Jesus moment on whether they could get away with that or not. So one of my beliefs is that they sort of piggyback or, or they, they ride the coattails, the straight chiropractors ride coattails of evidence-based chiropractors and all the ground that we've broken by bringing the, the uh, profession into order. And then they sneak in their little bit of disorder along the way, um, basically riding the coattails of what, of what progress we've made. So I don't know if it's a necessarily tiering that needs to be done but some sort of differentiation between what kind of chiropractor you're going to get and empowering patients to ask the right questions. And that's why we see so much backlash on the ACA side from choosing wisely. Choosing wisely is a very, very practical way to determine or to assess or consider when or when not to take an x-ray, a radiograph of the spine. But people who've dedicated their entire lives to selling people that they need that x-ray first and that it's really the only way to tell what's going on with their bodies because we know what's going on here you take that x-ray you slap the picture up on the re on the screen you point to certain bones and you say this is the reason why all you have all your problems it's a sales pitch it's not it's not always used as a medical device because we know by fact that you don't need the x-ray to do a good job with chiropractic. It's just not, it's not, it's not there. Um, 
so so we're we've take we've we've casted light that orderly light onto quote unquote the darkness and we've shown patients like look there's a way to choose here and you want to be careful about what's going on over here because it's not necessary and what happened huge backlash uh, irrational backlash nonetheless but a, a huge backlash and every time that we do that every time that we bring more order to the profession you're going to get more and more backlash from the chaos side of the profession. That's just how it goes. Now we have to prevent ourselves, the evidence-based chiropractor from going so far into the orderly side that we create any sort of forms of fascism or over-regulation. Um, you know, sometimes you see that in like the physical therapy profession, like a lot of those young graduates of PT school are like terrified to say things. We don't want to terrify people to say things, but we want them to develop their own critical thinking skills so that they choose on their own to say the right things because it means something. Okay. Next page of questions. How, how can I help? Okay. So how can you help? Um, um, understand what I've just said would be a good start that we don't need to we don't need to waste energy tearing down other people um, or trying to to ruin them per se. Making fun of them uh, is educational. <laughs> uh, we have to be aware of what the other side is doing and what's going on. So we can't. So like in the FTCA, they're like, "Oh, you're so negative, and you're not you're not uh, aligned towards unity." There cannot. There cannot be a unity. There is no unity. There, ideologically, unity does not exist. And you have to understand that. Um, so you have to understand that instead of unity, there's sort of an acceptance that has to happen. And within that acceptance, we're going to go, okay, so these guys, they're, they're a farce. And, and if you're on the other side of the fence, they're looking at us saying these evidence-based guys, they're a farce. They don't understand the chaos is such a valuable thing for the profession, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's all perspective. How you can help is you can understand that. And then you can get involved. And I don't really care which side you want to get involved in, but just know where you stand and then be involved and you'll be fine. Now, how can you be involved in the FTCA? Well, the committees are closed now. But there will be a committee application process where eventually if there's an opening, you can be considered for a committee. Um, you can send your interest to forwardthinkingchiro at gmail.com. You can get involved by becoming a member of the FTCA. So going to forwardthinkingchiro.com and signing up and becoming a member if you're not already. Um, you can be involved by going to one of our various events that we plan on having around 2019. Um, you can get involved by becoming noisy. Even if you're an ACA member or a member of your state organization or anything else, you can just, just be involved. But understand what being involved now means. Being involved doesn't mean tearing down those other guys um, because we don't get to 2095 by constantly revisiting 1895. But we do have to respect 1895 and then move on. Um, next question. What advice would you, oh, oh, by the way, we also have like a volunteers, it's not really a really an original committee, but we have a volunteers 
group. It's like a side group of all the people who are interested in just doing random things to help out the FTCA. Once again, if you just want to be in the volunteers group, uh, you can send to uh, forwardthinkingcairo at gmail.com. Uh, we started this program called the Mastermind Project, and it's a mastermind group for FTCA members. There's actually two mastermind groups for FTCA members. There's one for students and young grads that is moderated through Facebook. So Facebook has a new um, mentor program that you can sign up for, and we'll match you up with a mentor. Or if you'd like to be a mentor, you can sign up for that. Or if you are a little more advanced and you need and you you're in practice and you need better advice, need some accountability and things like that, there's the FTCA Mastermind Group. Once again, you can email me at forwardthinkingcairo at gmail.com and you can say I want to be in the mastermind group. There's a small nominal fee to be in that group, which sort of manages the program and all that stuff. Uh, but it also keeps you accountable because if you're writing a check for 60 bucks, um, you're gonna probably do what other people advise you to do. If it's free, you're probably not going to do anything. Uh, what advice would you tell yourself in school? Um, I don't know. I think I did school right. Uh, uh, there, there's a big piece to what I needed to do to be successful in school was shut off everything else. That's just the type of person I am. Um, and that means pushing away like family and girlfriends and things like that and making them second to school and school coming first. Now, knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't have pushed all of them away as far as I did to be a good student. I probably put, would have pushed them away decently because I still need to push them away to be successful. Um, but I wouldn't have done it as, as hardcore as I did. So, so I threw everything I had into school I probably would have thrown in 70%. <laughs> Don't forget that school is only like four years. It goes by very quick and then you have the rest of your life. And right now there are a lot of students that sort of feel like school is everything. And I get that because I was there too. And they think that what's going on with their schooling is the most important thing that's going on in the world. And to them it is, but it's going to be gone very quick. And then you have the rest of your life ahead of you and you need to, um, not throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, in that scenario. So don't forget, not only are you a student of chiropractic, but you're also a human being and don't lose your humanity in the process. Uh, how has business changed since founding the FTCA? And I think what they mean is my personal practice. Um, it hasn't changed at all. Um, I, don't, I don't think any of that's changed. Um, so. There we go. Now, uh, with the founding of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance annual convention and, and conventions to follow, I think my attention is driven a little bit more towards uh, making sure that gets off the ground. But practice uh, is, a, is um, like a cruise control thing. It's doing just fine. Um, I don't think I will ever, I think I will have people on the stage who are massively successful and because of where my attention is, I won't be as massively successful. And by success, of course, we mean by patient numbers. Um, but my outcomes and how I feel about how I treat people uh, hasn't changed any. What is the most important thing that needs to change to move the profession forward? I think we've already covered that. What do we need to do on a university level to make sure students don't drink Kool-Aid? Well, here's the problem for the person who asked this question. 
they asked, what do we need to do on a university level to make sure students don't drink the Kool-Aid? Here's the problem, and I even underlined it when I wrote these questions down. There is no university level. These schools are private, for-profit, quote-unquote, universities. If you want to change this stuff, you need to get your schools in a state college or a, a true university program, not one that just applied to be called a university. So we need... Um, things that were supposed to happen need to happen. Like when Florida State University was supposed to have a chiropractic school and all the med, the medical school students and the uh, MDs who worked at the hospital there threw a, a conniption fit and had the whole thing uh, banned, but then took all the money and all the facilities for the state school, it's for the medical school itself. So they, they robbed us blind. Um, but that's, I, I diverge there a little bit. Um, there is no university level. And until things change and, and we're into a true university system, um, some people even throw around the word residency. I don't even know if that's necessary, but a true university level where we, we get to vet who comes into these programs a lot more tighter and we, we get hungrier kids there and kids that have a background in clin clinical thinking skills, uh, drinking Kool-Aid is not going to change. One, I mentioned Jordan Peterson in his book, um, 12 rules to life and antidote to chaos. One of the rules is to do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. And, you know, whatever amped or maximized living or whatever shows up to your campus or just off campus with free pizza. And you're like, I'm going to go. That's expedient. Buy your own fucking pizza and don't go to those things. Do what is meaningful. And, uh, and what I mean by meaningful is, is know who you are, what you're about, and what's best for the people that you serve, and stick to that. And don't choose to do something because it's going to make you money fast, or it's going to fill up your office fast. For, I, and I get it as a student. I get it. The student loans are coming, and there's a lot of peer pressure to be successful, and you don't want to be a failure, and you don't want to have a slow start and all that, but you cannot sell your soul to do what is expedient overdoing what is meaningful and that is where the kool-aid comes in because you can have some sort of quote-unquote guru come in and tell you like if you don't do what what i'm doing if you don't do it how we're doing it you're gonna fail and then they scare you and then once you get scared you're like all right um, I'll, I'll do whatever you say it, it seems like it's a once again it's an orderly process to throw down the ROF on the second day and tell, you know, there's just an order to the, what they do, which is completely ironic, but it, it sounds much more simpler than sitting a patient down and going through biopsychosocial issues and going through the issues of their history and all these other things that don't really truly have an order to them. You have to have an order to them, but you, you also have to be quite creative when interviewing a patient properly to help them with their problem. And it sounds much more difficult than just like, okay, day one, you say this, this, and this. And on day two, you'll say this, this, and this. And on day three, if they give you an issue, you're going to say this, and this, and this. But you're going to hand it off to your office manager, and then they'll say this, this, and this. And then you'll make a bazillion dollars. Do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. So for you, you got to ask what is meaningful, and, uh, and that'll put you anywhere on that spectrum. That's fine by me, just as long as there's a meaning attached to it, and you're not just doing it just to sort of win at this game because you might win at this game and the patient might lose and that's not uh, appropriate to me. Um, how do you make students 
understand the reality of what it means? How do you make students understand the reality of what it means to be a hardworking evidence-based Cairo and not just the unicorns and rainbows they see around them? Um, you don't. You can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. Um, uh, unless it's a Kool-Aid river, I guess. But uh, hard work is just something you cannot teach. Um, is it a part of success in life? Yes. Do people try to skirt that as much as they can in not just work, but their family lives and all that? Yes. Um, you can't make them understand that to be a good family member, you have to work at it. To be a good husband or wife, you have to work at it. To be a good chiropractor, you have to work at it. Uh, you will always find people say, what is the next little widget or what's the next little consultant or someone who I can purchase who will make this easier for me? And that's just the way it is. Um, so we get, we get that. We get that in the FTCA. Uh, oh, we, like, we're taking steps. Like maybe these are out of order. Next question. Is there a model for the FTCA? No, it's really, really, it, it changes. It goes. It flows the chiropractic's going to change. The people that graduate are going to change. Um, we used to have some hard, hard core thinking students in chiropractic. I think they graduated in this time frame. Like I said, like maybe the early two thousands, the late nineties, just, we graduated a critical thinker, a clinician practitioner type of person, a skeptic. It was just a type of person we graduated. Now we graduate people who think, it seems like from a majority standpoint that uh, unity should be the ultimate goal of the profession or that we all need to be nice to each other. Um, and, and I don't agree that we do. I don't think we all have to be nice and, and agree with each other. I think that's pretty fake. And once you're fake, there's a lot of problems uh, that come along the way after that, especially when you talk about that balance between yin and yang, it's like you don't, you don't appreciate the balance. You don't respect the balance. You try to cling as tightly as you can to that middle line. And like I said, there's a lot of creativity in chaos, but there's also anxiety. And there's a lot of progression in order, but there's also its own level of anxiety. But you don't get anywhere unless you pursue one or the other. You can't just cling to that line right down the middle of the yin yang symbol and say, I'm going to be balanced and not have anything ever bother me. And if nothing ever bothers me, then I've had a good life. I personally, I believe the opposite. I believe that a lot of stuff has got to bother you. And that's where things get done because you work much, much harder to get out of the anxiety that either chaos or order bring to your life. Uh, next question, what's the best, what is the best way to grow FTCA without losing its values? Um, probably don't lose its values. And unfortunately, that means me being less democratic than I'd like to be at this moment. Do you see the unprofessionalism in our memes and banter as a detriment to expansion? It might be. It might be. Look, I hear it all the time. Like, you guys are unprofessional. You're mean to people. You the memes are unprofessional, the jokes are unprofessional, but, um, you know, I, I, with the FTCA, I don't try to regulate any of that. It's the real world. Like if someone throws up a meme, it's what they're feeling. If someone calls you out on something and you take that as being unprofessional, then that is what the world is. And I, and most of these complaints do come from students and students do live in a pretty sheltered situation. 
but I got to break it to you. Once you get out, you're not, you're in a very human situation. Like there are, there's joking, there's calling people out. It's like, uh, we got to have FTA summer camp where we just, we just have students, um, hang out on the streets of New York, like Brooklyn, you get Brooklyn for a week. There's your summer camp and let people just treat you like people are treated. And then you'll understand that the world goes in a certain way. And it's not the way that you're being exposed to in school. And I put you in white coats and you got to wear ties and, you know, I'm a professional, like no one, no one, no one gives a shit. <laughs> and I think that's what you see when you see the, the FTCA Facebook group functioning is like, we're not dollying you up for a dog and pony show and trying to pretend to be professionals. There are very professional people there that are letting things loose and it's a place to come. Uh, it's the reason why uh, the song Stormtrooper by Pepper is one of our theme songs. It's like I always, I say the, the FTCA Facebook group is like that bar on Tatooine that Han Solo gets taken to by Obi-Wan Kenobi and everyone is just letting loose. Now they all got their jobs to do when they leave there, but they're letting loose when they're in the bar. And, uh, and you got to understand that too. You got to understand that, um, we're not all, we're not the stormtroopers. We're not the ones that are all brushed up and pretending to be something we're not and always missing the mark. We are trying to be real with people and understand that you are dealing with real human beings and real human beings are often quite unprofessional. Um, they like to let off steam with humor and witty banter. And if you don't like it, then it's just not the group for you. And, and expansion has never been my, like, I'm sure people are like, man, this FTCA thing is great. And I wish, you know, out of the 60,000 Kairos in America, I wish 40,000 were in the group. I, I don't care personally. I, I'm not expansion minded. I, I don't have any like five-year goals in that, oh, in five years, we're going to be this big. And then in 10 years, we're going to be this big and we're going to do this. Um it'll expand as it expands and it'll contract if it contracts and, and we'll ride the wave either way. And it, it's all what it is. And, and none of that stuff matters to me. I mean, day one, it was one within a couple of weeks, it was 200 and now 5,400 and it grows about 5% every month. And we still reject almost half of everybody who applies. So we reject half the people who apply and we grow by 5%. Those are really, I mean, once that metric changes, then I'll have to reconsider what's going on. But at this point, um, it is not going to lose its values to placate a larger number of people. The values come first. I think when it comes to questions, that is all of them that were generated to me. The thread for questions was a very lively one. Um, we've had some lively threads lately, please. Uh, I, I would say like, I can understand like there are some people who are in the group who are like, I'm afraid to post anything. So you guys are going to jump all over me. Right. Um, right. So, so maybe think about what you're posting before you post. It would be a good, a good first piece of advice. And second, when I'm saying, think about what you're posting, think like what, why would this be jumped on? Is it nonsense or do I have a practical way to approach this? Now, I will say the people that have been jumped on lately, one of them, uh, one thing that we, we don't really take lightly to and we never have is gurus, people who say, I know something you don't, 
and you'll never know it, but I do because I'm special. That's chaos minded. That is historically minded because that is what people in the 1800s like to do. I mean, Alexander Graham Bell and anyone else who ever discovered anything, the goal of the early discovery age or the age of discovery was I am the discoverer of X. And we cannot forget that D.D. Palmer was the discoverer of chiropractic. Uh, which prevented B.J. Palmer from calling himself the discoverer. He had to call himself the developer. But everyone wanted to be called the discoverer, and it still happens. It still happens everywhere you turn. People are saying, I'm the discoverer of XYZ technique. I'm the discoverer of this. I'm discover it's like a, it's an ingram. It's a, it's a program that as human beings, we, we still have um, uh, within us. And, and, uh, it's not something that we necessarily promote in in this side of the profession unless, now unless you say, yeah, I discovered something. Let's take like the SFMA or the FMS. I discovered something and I'm open to you questioning it. Now we're talking, but that's not what we saw with this one individual where we had a, a thread that went way out of control and he said, I'm the discoverer and you'll never understand and don't even bother asking, basically, is what he was saying. And anytime anyone tried to ask a question, he wasn't going to answer it. That's not tolerated. If you have some new discovery, that is awesome. Or you've noticed something new about practice that you think no one else has, has noticed, that's awesome. Bring it up in a way in the group that invites conversation, not confrontation, and you'll be fine. That was pretty good. That even rhymed and everything. So I think I'll end it there. This. Um, podcast was just me so i'd like to thank me um for being here with me and you're welcome me and our next guest i do believe is going to be uh, brandon Steele from cairo up so uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish off season one with a bang we've got a couple great guests to finish off season one and then like i said i'm going to document all that transcribe and document all the great things we've learned in season one of the forward thinking chiropractic alliance podcast um, i've had a good time and i've learned quite a bit too it's changed my philosophy uh, talking to brett winchester or at least hearing him top talk and going oh man that guy is not only smart he's not only uh, smart as a whip but he is supremely professional in his approach um, learning these little things uh, along the way learning about clinical jazz with Stuart McGill and all these other, there are so many things that we got in year one that I can't wait to review them and, and go through them all again with you. So um, take care for those of you that I will see at FTCA forward Kansas city. Uh, we're going to have a good time this uh, yin yang process and Jordan Peterson's 12 rules. I'm probably going to go through them again in my presentation on Ted talk Friday and uh, then we've got some great speakers on Saturday and some great workshops on Sunday. So uh, you guys are in for a treat. Um, and I'm, I put this event together uh, from my heart. So I hope when it does happen, uh, you enjoy it and take care. <laughs>